What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast show. I am here today with Dan Trigub, who is the head of business development at Uber Health. Uh, we're sitting here in one of uh, Uber's downtown offices on Market Street with a beautiful view. So first of all, welcome, Dan, and thank you for hosting us today. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, you have an interesting background, and uh, you've spent time at, at some well-known companies like Rock Health, eBay, and Lyft Health, among other places. Uh, I know you've got some other experience as well. Talk a little bit about how these experiences, and I think you've got some personal experience as well, have really helped shape this, um, you know, your current head of business development at Uber Health's role. Yeah, absolutely. And some of those things that you didn't mention on that list, um, you know, my family's been in the home care business for uh, close to 15 years here in the Bay Area, so helping our elders with activities of daily living. Um, I've also been a caretaker for my own grandparents, and through those professional experiences, which you mentioned some of those organizations, uh, the home care business, uh, helping with my own grandparents. I've always seen how transportation is a barrier to effective healthcare and delivery. Um, when you think about our elder, low income, at risk populations, it's even that much more important. Uh, you know, Care really does begin when that person gets to that appointment. Um, and with technology, with platforms like Uber and Uber Health, we can have a profound impact on those populations. Uh, and all those experiences have really shaped to get me to where I am here today. Um, I'm really excited to be at Uber Health. Well, I'm sure they're happy to have you. And uh, I do have to ask this million dollar question, and uh, this will be some foreshadowing to a few other questions we ask further in the interview, but is Uber a healthcare company? Yeah, so Uber is, you know, first and foremost, a technology company. Now that said, uh, what's profound and crazy to think about, Uber does 15 million rides a day. That's about 10,000 rides a minute, which is uh, which is crazy to think about. In over 70 countries uh, across the world, over 600 cities, um, and we have over 75 million riders uh, that are active and 3 million drivers active on our network. And technology makes that all happen. However, end of the day, when you think about that 15 million number, we're connecting at least 30 million people a day between drivers and passengers. And we're all about people. We're all about people first. We work with healthcare organizations when they think about the people they care for, whether a patient or whether a health plan member. Uh, and we leverage that platform. We leverage that technology um, to help those healthcare organizations bring the people they care about to them or get to the care or the services they need. Um, and, and we're really playing an active role within the whole continuum of healthcare delivery. Well, it's interesting because I had the opportunity to interview the CEO of a place called Cedar. Um, they focus on billing issues. There are all these components of health that I think people forget about that, you know, getting to your appointment or, you know, we'll get into this in the next question. Uh, sometimes, you know, taking an ambulance, which costs a lot of money. I have personal experience with my family. Um, Clearly, you are playing a critical role in that. But for the audience that may not understand this, let's talk a little bit about why Uber might be better than an ambulance and also the specific healthcare problem Uber Health is solving for. I think you touched on a little bit with helping people get to appointments. Yeah, so we want to be very careful. Um, absolutely, we would never recommend or, inf or presume that an Uber is better than an ambulance during a medical emergency. And that's absolutely not what we're suggesting, uh, nor will we suggest that uh, an Uber is a replacement for an ambulance in a medical emergency. You know, that said, um, you know, ambulance rides are extremely expensive, uh, but 
not necessarily the best option given the needs of a, of a particular patient or uh, someone needing to get care. We are very focused today on ambulatory curb-to-curb transportation. So certainly um, when somebody is able and willing to get into a vehicle on their own, now keep in mind there's no additional cost for more people in an Uber. So if they're with a family member, a caretaker, a caregiver, they can always be there to give them that additional support. But the vast majority of the work and the rides we're doing are that ambulatory curb-to-curb. Now, what's also unique about Uber is we have one of the largest networks of wheelchair-accessible vehicles through our platform. Uh, We recently partnered with MV Transit, which has one of the largest wheelchair-accessible vehicle offerings or or networks in the U.S. They work with many paratransit agencies and have many contracts there. So we're able to leverage their network in the markets that we do have wheelchair-accessible vehicles. And we also have something at Uber that we call Uber Assist, where our drivers go through additional onboarding and training to help do door-to-door transportation. So we can provide those additional levels of service in the markets that we have uh, have it available well it's brilliant and I, part of why i mentioned that is it doesn't feel like there's really been this um middle of, of the equation where you do have people that do have medical emergencies and an ambulance is obviously the the best way for them to go as you touched on there are people that i'm just going to drive to an appointment and if they can bring themselves that's great but it's these people in the middle where you don't necessarily have a medical emergency but you do need to get someplace and and i love that idea of being able to have the assist you know and or the the wheelchairs um one of the things that's really cool about this and, and it may seem crazy since so many people do have smartphones but apparently you do not need a smartphone to use uber health how does that work yeah absolutely and that's you know the question that always comes up is dan this sounds wonderful but how many of our aging low-income population have a smartphone or even know how to use all the features of a smartphone and one thing we've seen in the data is about 30 to 40 percent of our elders uh may not have a smartphone and know how to use all those features so how what good is uber if they can't even access it and that's exactly why Uh, Several years ago, we decided to build a platform, uh, what we call the Uber Health Dashboard, that allows a partner of ours, whether it's a a hospital or whether it's a healthcare provider or a health plan, to be able to order a ride on behalf of the people that they care for. So classic example is I'm a case manager at a hospital. I have a patient here who's looking to be discharged from the ED. Uh, I can now use this dashboard, which is fully HIPAA compliant, uh, and go ahead and order a ride on behalf of somebody else. What we also have is for that entire experience I just described, we have what's called an API, where our partners can build a fully native experience within their uh, technology, software, mobile applications. Um, So we can even take it a step further and embed it within any workflows that exist today. So you mentioned that you are HIPAA compliant, and I think this is actually a really big deal for anyone that doesn't realize that. Uh, How does that affect and benefit your business? Yeah, so it's been very important. Uh, from day one, um, you know, patient data security was always top of mind. It was never an afterthought. So when we built our systems and infrastructure, we wanted to make sure that it was fully compliant with current standards. Uh, we worked with a company called Clearwater Compliance, who really did a lot of the risk and compliance assessment of the, of, of the platform to really making sure that we, we developed a product uh, built for healthcare by uh, healthcare professionals. Uh, and, and Clearwater is one of the leading providers of cyber risk uh, management and HIPAA compliance solutions. And they basically uh, worked very closely with us to make sure we, we met those standards. Uh, it was a 10-point program that they helped us uh, put together to ensure um, that we, uh, again, had all that in mind in terms of compliance and cyber risk management. Um, and, and how we treated the data within our, our, our platform. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I know that's where a lot of tech companies, you know, have fallen down 
Apple, I know, really went through a lot of struggles before finally doing the same thing with their watch recently to be able to be um, much more official in terms of measuring cardio activity. So kudos to you all for, for going through that process. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, but I guess speaking of uh, digital health, HIMSS, huge uh, conference focused on uh, CTOs, CIOs in the health space right around the corner. What are the top three or five trends that you think will be top of mind at the conference? Yeah, and looking forward to it. We're going to be out in Orlando in a couple of weeks, and we're going to have a pretty big presence there uh, with our entire team being there. So I think it's a really interesting year. I think a lot's happened over the past several years, really kind of leading up to where we are today. Uh, one of the key trends, I think, is just simply around improving quality metrics um, and how hospitals and health systems can really think about um, you know, quality. So that includes value-based purchasing, Medicare readmission rates, hospital-acquired conditions, all these key components, which uh, there's a lot of technology companies and organizations really trying to uh, play a part in that um, and, and, and really making sure they, they built for those requirements put out by CMS. Uh, one of the other trends or areas of focus is encouraging patient engagement. Uh, so when we think about hospitals and their uh, Medicare reimbursements, it all goes back to that HCAP scores and the surveys they give for their to their patients. So I think it's really about how we encourage uh, greater patient engagement. Um, and I would say part of that too is, is, is being able to offer transportation and being able to offer services like Uber Health. Getting them to and from uh, their, their hospital appointments uh, is going to be critical when they think about that engagement. Um, one of the other things and one of the big buzzwords right now in healthcare are the social determinants of health um, and, and really more attention around, around that, that area of focus. And that's really about you know, healthcare is more than just getting people to a doctor's appointment or getting to a hospital. It's including things like getting them to physical therapy, even getting the food they need, um, getting to um, tangential services around not just pure healthcare delivery. Uh, so I think companies really playing into that space. And I would note Uber Health is, is, a, is a big focus there uh, with getting people to those types of appointments. Uh, and then finally, I think the last thing is it's more than just uh, technology now. I think digital health has been talked about for, for years now, uh, but it's really about how companies can help with problem solving to utilize technologies that make the most sense. Um, and, and, and really more about solutions rather than just purely a tech play. Um, and I think you know companies like us are starting to recognize that we need to have that domain expertise. We need to ha have that fundamental understanding and not just give somebody a piece of uh, software or a, a dashboard. It's what else can we do around it? What other things can we offer through that technology platform? Uh, I think is going to be a key trend coming in and coming out of, of HIMSS this year. Well, I love those and particularly the sort of treating the patient holistically because I think we've forgotten about that for a while. And it does seem like more companies are starting to perk up and realize that, you know, this isn't a patient air quotes like this is a human being. They're a customer. They have options now. And so being able to sort of look at those and by the way, really getting into more of the wellness side of things, which I think, you know, um, does consider all of those things that you talked about. I do have a quick follow up question before we get into the, the more personal questions. You mentioned earlier the Uber, the um, Uber Assist. You also talked a little bit about, you know, how do you handle um, clients as they're going to appointments and things like that. Is there special training that you all do? You know, let's say you're you've got someone that's uh, elderly that needs to get to an appointment. I would think there's probably a little bit of 
I don't know whether it's like a type of conversation or just a way of sort of treating them that you give to some of the drivers that's above and beyond what you normally give. So a couple uh, things there. So we, do, we I did mention the Uber Assist offering. In the Uber Assist offering, where when it is available in a particular city, those drivers do go through a higher level of onboarding. Uh, we work with a third party to help them uh, provide some training to them to do door-to-door. The rest of our network and the vast majority of rides we do for Uber Health leverage our standard driver uh, network. Uh, when, we, when we thought about HIPAA compliance and how we treat PHI, we consciously decided we don't want our drivers to know that this is a special healthcare ride relative to just somebody opening up their smartphone and requesting uh, an Uber. And again, it really goes back to when we partner with a health system, as an example, we never suggest we're a good fit for 100% of their rides. Certainly, you know, I would never recommend somebody with early onset dementia or cognitive impairment to get into an Uber by themselves. However, if they are with a caretaker, and a lot of times the caregivers are forgotten as being you know, critical into, into the delivery of care, they can get into the vehicle with them at no additional cost. Uh, and certainly, uh, because of this enterprise solution we have, the gatekeeper, the person using the tool, a case manager, they can decide, is this person uh, capable of getting into a standard Uber? And that's the, where the vast majority of the rides are. That said, we know we can do so much more. And building out our assist offering and Wave, uh, we want to be everywhere with that. Uh, it certainly takes some time to get there, uh, but there is a, a tremendous need we can, uh, we can solve for and meet today with our, with our core network. Well, that makes sense. And, and obviously, that is a very thoughtful approach. And being mindful of privacy, um, it totally makes sense. So this is where we shift into a little bit more about you, and ideally it's a little bit more of the fun part of the conversation. Or the boring part. Or the boring part. (laughs) I think it's fun. Um, The first one I do like to ask, you know, because a lot of our folks that listen and do read or listen to podcasts or listen to books, uh, I think more and more people are doing that. Any uh, business or nonfiction book that you've read or listened to recently that you'd like to share? Yeah, so the one I'm reading right now, which is very dense one, and I, I'm actually gonna have to read it at least two or three more times to really fully grasp, is a book called The, the Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Um, and that book, uh, Robert Greene's a very well-known author. He's been on New York Times bestselling list a handful of times. And it really just talks about human behavior, which is really interesting. And in the day, yes, we're in business, uh, and yes, uh, we're into building partnerships. At the end of the day, to build a partnership is really understanding who that person you're talking to on the other side of the table is and really understanding their, their, their human behavior, I mean, uh, to, to distill it uh, very simply. Uh, and the book is really interesting. It, it draws ideas and examples from you know, Martin Luther King and Queen Elizabeth and has uh, very historically relevant uh, uh, figures who it draws stories from. Um, and it's really about how working with people is really about relationships and, and how they shape the world around you. Um, so it's a really interesting book um, that has some really um, you know, good tidbits of how to deal with people and, and really knowing what are true uh, motives and intentions of one's behavior. So hi- highly recommend it uh, for anyone in business. Well, it sounds like a good one to add to the list, and I don't think that's been suggested before. So then we're about 110 or so episodes in, so that's good when we can have uniqueness. Uh, the next one I'd like to ask is something that people don't know about you that you'd be willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, people who know me closely know this, uh, but for the broader audience, um, I'm first-generation Americans. My whole family, including my sister, uh, are immigrants to the U.S. Uh, they were all born in the former Soviet Union. Um, and I'm the first one in my family to have a U.S. education and then also be born. And technically, I'm the only person in my family right now who can run for president, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but that's really shaped me. Um, and I talked about being a caretaker for my grandparents. My grandparents, uh, when they came to this country, in their wildest imagination, they would never dream of having a driver's license. That, that was just never going to happen. They were in their 90s when they came here. And I would have argued that 
their quality of life and their lack of independence was simply because they didn't have a transportation option. And I think many people in this country uh, can understand or sympathize. One of the most difficult conversations you can have with a grandparent is taking away the car keys. Uh, and that really has shaped me just in terms of who I am, my work ethic, and uh, coming from that immigrant mentality, but also has been part of why I'm so passionate and excited to be at Uber Health, because I know if I was able to order a ride for my grandmother, who was ambulatory and totally with it, um, and I was able to track that ride and know where she would go, I would have argued her quality of life would have been that much better. Um, so that's been a big part of who I am and um, you know, has really shaped to get me to where I am today. Well, that's very cool. Um, thank you for sharing that one. And then last, uh, this is the one that people either love or get you know wrapped around the axle on, but it's more, I like to find out the thought process. Uh, you know, Which album would you pick if you were stuck on a deserted island and uh, why would you pick it? Yeah, so I have an interesting relationship with music just in general when I think about music albums. I just grew up in a family that never knew American music. So I think my mom's favorite album was probably like Yanni from Live at the Acropolis. So that was my uh, my uh, growing up. I didn't have much uh, influence there from, from my family. Um, but when I heard the question, I took it more of what's going to keep me pumped and excited and uh, keep going if I'm on a deserted island. And I feel like every now and then I'm just into different stuff. Um, so right now... I would say uh, Above and Beyond is a really interesting group that I've uh, gotten to know. Uh, it's more in the EDM electronic music. Um, I have a good friend who basically has opened for Above and Beyond. That was at one of their concerts recently. But um, they have an album called Common Ground, which is really cool. Uh, and it just gets me pumped and motivated. I listen to it on the train coming to work, and it gets me going. So I think if I was on a deserted island and I need to have a good motivation, that's the album I would probably want to have with me. Well, I like it. Um, and it's always nice to have that personal experience with the fact that a friend of yours opened up for them. So thank maybe you. you were worried I was going to say uh, Yanni live at the Acropolis, but <laughs> you probably get more in favor of the first one than the Yanni one. But I think everyone <laughs> knows Yanni. So uh, anyway, uh, this is Aaron Strout, the CMO W2O host of the What to Know podcast. Uh, we've spent the last 20 ish minutes with Dan Trigub, who is the head of business development at Uber Health. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash whattoknow.